Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Necessary Roughness with 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, as promised... Now joined after uh, some trials and tribulations and travel by T.J. Lang. Uh, came back from Green Bay Thursday night. I know that trip took you a little bit longer, but uh, after a win, it, it always seems to the travel is a little bit easier. What uh, what was the, the plane ride back like? <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> by the time we got on it, 5.30 in the morning, I think everybody was pretty much uh, all celebrated out. Um but no, that like after the game, you know, we're sitting at normally for just for our listeners, you get out. Primetime games always take a little longer. You go and you shower, you do the media. Um, obviously, the primetime games they have the post game show where you know we saw Jared Goff and Montgomery out there with the Amazon guys. So you know you're always going to sit on the bus a little bit longer. It got to a time where it's like, okay, this is uh, this is starting to get you know this a little. Is con- this is concerning. This has been a little too long, and you start looking around and you know you hear rumblings. Oh going to be delayed something wrong with the plane all right no problem so everybody kind of gets off the bus and you're hanging at the stadium and you know all the players at least were uh in a great mood and you know out there talking and uh, reminiscing about what had just happened the coaches are having a good time we go to the airport all right plane's on its way you know we got to get a new plane about an hour later oh no still plane still hasn't taken off yet from minnesota it's coming from okay you know all right we'll try to you know still celebrate you know sit in the airport beautiful Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, by the time we got on the plane, it was pretty damn dead quiet, though. I think everybody was worn out. They were worn out, man. The players were worn out. It just, you know, been a long day. Um, but it was a great weekend, I think. You know, uh, and I even asked coach after the game, I said, usually victory Mondays are the best day you can have in the NFL. You get a victory Friday, a victory Saturday, yeah, a victory Sunday, yeah. <laughs> a victory Monday. Um and you always want to hit those weekends off a win. You don't want to lose those games and then have to 
let it sit and sink in and simmer for four days. You just want to get back to work. Um, it was an impressive win, man. It just felt it felt completely dominating. And even with that being, even when it got to like a ten point game there in the second half, uh, it was like, all right, offense, come on now, let's go, let's just go put this thing out. And they took care of business. Um, you don't usually see that, especially Thursday night games uh, on the road against a division opponent. Those are always some of the toughest games. Um, body's not really recovered yet by Thursday. You're running on fumes. You got to go out there and try to figure out a way to get the job done. They had a couple guys still playing through some injuries, right? I think Decker clearly, uh, the way he spoke after the game, wasn't feeling 100%, but he knew that was a big game for his teammates. Montgomery probably still a little banged up with a thigh that, you know, we saw against Seattle. Um, you know, those guys go out there, put on gritty performances. Brian Branch gets hurt at some point in that game, uh, you know, goes to the locker room, gets carted off, comes back uh, on the sideline, working on He goes back in the game, makes a couple tackles, you know, kind of gets banged up again. Like, it, it was just kind of a gritty performance, you know. And I came out of that game thinking one thing. This is a tough-ass football team. Like, this is just a tough-ass football team, man. Like, these guys don't blink. They don't get phased. They don't get down on each other. Um, there's no bitching and complaining on the sideline about play calls or play time or anything. You know what I mean? It's just so it's so synchronized right now that these players are just having having fun. They trust the coaches. They trust each other. Uh, when, even when things go bad, it's like, well, let's just go out there and get it done, man. Let's go find a way. You know, and they have that type of attitude. And I think, honestly, we've kind of nitpicked. I know I have, especially – uh, Jared Goff, you know, the first couple games, Hey, you know, he's playing good football, but there's always, you know, that one play where you yeah, can't make that play, right. Can't do that. Uh, he had another one to start the game against green Bay, right. Just a bad decision turnover early in the game. It's like, Oh boy, here we go. And for him to follow that up with a touchdown drive and then go continue to go on and score 26 to 27 straight points. Yeah. That to me is mental toughness because there's a lot of players in this league, especially at the quarterback position, where something goes wrong and they either clam up, they're afraid to make another mistake, or it just starts to compound into more, more, another bad pick, another error, another error, another misread, because now you're starting to press uh, too much. And for Jared Goff to not let that affect him, uh, to just to go back out there, all right, boys, you know, my bad, I'll get it fixed, let's go. You know, and that's what it looked like. And that to me is mental toughness. And I think that it starts with him on that team. It starts with Dan Campbell more than anything because he instills that in his players, uh, the grit and the toughness. But when you have a quarterback that plays like that too, that's what everybody's looking at. All eyes are on the quarterback at all times, practice, games, meetings. It doesn't matter. You are the one guy people look at. And when you're able to have that fortitude and when you're able to have that mental toughness, it's going to be contagious to the rest of your team. And that certainly was the case on Thursday night. I talked on Friday about the resilience of this team. And when you have – and we're going to talk in just a few minutes about where Jared Goff is right now, where he ranks amongst current NFL quarterbacks that are, you know, through four games. But I talked about the fact that, hey, you go out there, you throw that interception. I, thought, I think it shows great – you know, like the fortitude that you talked about, but it's also Jared Goff is not in his first or second year. He's not even with his first team. He has seen this before, you know, unfortunately for him, but fortunately for us, he's had that experience going out there, throwing an interception. And in previous years, you might've seen Jared Goff do all of those things that you talked about, but because he is experienced and he knows that there are still, you know, the majority of the game is still to be played he can go out there and change that narrative, which he did. But 
the the Lions were put in a bad position. Yeah. Green Bay's first possession, they get the ball on on the Lions' 16 yard line. They go absolutely nowhere with it, and they they're forced to kick a field goal. And then after that, it was hey, a touchdown by the Lions. It was four possessions where they scored a touchdown or a field goal that you just going into halftime up 27 to three. You're like, okay, this team is, this team can be a dominant team offensively and defensively in that game. What was, is there anything that, that surprised you or you didn't expect where you're like, wow, this, this showing up really kind of takes it over the edge for me. (sighs) The coverage I thought was outstanding, especially in the first half. Um, I know Green Bay's receivers made some circus catches there in the second half. They hit some chunk plays and kind of crawled their way back a little bit. But the coverage, I thought, was much better because a lot of those sacks, probably three of those five sacks, uh, Jordan Love's just kind of standing there and has absolutely nowhere to go with the ball. And that tells me the guys in the back end are starting to communicate better. The chemistry is getting better. They trust each other. Uh, You don't see receivers running wide open. Um, like we have in the past. But I got to tell you, I think the thing that continues to surprise me, and you even pause a little bit and you say, like, is this who we are or are we kind of overachieving right now, right? And you look at some guys, the individual performances, we all know Aiden Hutchinson is, he is who he is. Like he is just, he's turned he's turned into that player that's a stud. He's turned into that bell cow. He's turned into the difference maker on that defense. He's done it multiple plays every game so far for through four weeks right it hasn't been a flash week one and then nothing week two and then a flash week three and then nothing week four. you know what i mean like he's doing it game after game after game he is who he is he's going to be a problem for a lot of teams it's the supporting cast that i think uh maybe not surprised but you know isaiah bugs missing the first two games coming out against green bay and having a couple big tackles and a sack right uh Ali mcneil completely shutting down a whole drive by himself with a TFL and with a sack on back-to-back plays and putting a team in third and 22, right? Like just yeah. completely destroying <laughs> the the other team. Like those to me are, I, I, like I said, I don't know if I'm surprised by it, but it's, it's something that like we've been, we've been missing. We didn't know we had um, guys like Charles Harris making a difference guys like, Derek Barnes, you know, yeah. turning out to be a damn good player after, you know, all the concern kind of around him and the linebacking crew. I think the the biggest positive surprisement that I've had, though, it's got to be the defense. I mean, because you look at him and you say, what's really different about this team from last year, right? We it, it, The difference was going to be the secondary is going to be yeah. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't played the last couple games. He's been out. He's done for the season, most yeah. likely. Um, pretty much the same players you've had last year, right? I think the biggest, uh, the positive, the biggest positive surprise has been Aaron Glenn, the position that he's getting these guys in and just the hunger that they're playing with, man. Because if you have one game like we did against Atlanta, where you're completely destroying the other team and shutting them out and no run game and sacks and hitting the hell out of everybody, you could say, okay, maybe they were just fired up that day. You come back and do the exact same thing four days later, that starts to become your identity. And I think, honestly, I feel... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is a damn good defense. I do. You know, I feel like this is a damn good defense. I, th- I feel like they have the potential to be a top-five defense. So- and, and they've been that way throughout the, the run defense. Um, but just the last couple games, they've looked absolutely dominant. And that's against... I know Atlanta, we look at Desmond Ritter, but you look at the run game. I mean, that's a team that was running for about 180 yards, yeah. uh, you know, a game, and you shut them out. Green Bay, you look at it and say, okay, you know, I know we still got questions about Jordan. That was a two-and-one football team at home on primetime, and you went out there and just completely dominated that game. I think for me, the defense, I think they're I think they're legit, man. I think they are. Uh, so the, the surprise to me was the adjustments that Aaron Glenn made. Um, and, and so it's kind of, it's the same thing that you're talking about with the defense playing well, but being able to shift things where, Hey, okay, now it's two weeks that you're down CJ Gardner Johnson. And, uh, you know, Tracy Walker has stepped up and played well, you don't have Kirby Joseph, but you've been able to get other guys in position to make plays. They've utilized Brian branch. They're using Aiden Hutchinson in a number of different ways. And I think Aline McNeil has, has, he started playing well mid season last year. We know and we heard all about, you know, his offseason, how much work he put in. He's trimmed down a little bit. He is a little bit quicker, uh, and he hasn't lost any power, which which I think is 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 nice, or, or at least not any anchor in there. You lose some weight, chances are you you gotta, you know, you could lose a little bit of that anchor, and he hasn't. But it's how they're utilizing Hutch up front. They'll line him up uh, over the guard. And I mean, hey, him and, and John Runyon Jr. were teammates at Michigan, and he absolutely abused yeah. John Runyon Jr. But then you move him up, you know, over the other guard, or you stand him up. And when I played Jason Taylor, he used to do this too. They used to, we used to call it a spinner, where he would line up almost like a, you know, a linebacker position, but he would be walking around. At the snap of the ball, they would try and time it up so that he was where the defense expected him to be, whether it was over me as a tackle, over a guard, or, you know, a a number of different places. Yeah. But it makes it very hard if you have one guy that you're trying to set your protection to. And right now it's the line for the Lions. It's Aiden Hutchinson going up against them. Hey, where are we going to set that protection if we don't know where he's lining up? And that little split second of indecision can be the difference between pressure, sack, or the ball getting off and, and a completion downfield. So I think Aaron Glenn has done a really good job of, of changing up, you know, uh, uh, pass coverage in the secondary, going to more some more man because that's his personnel. Cam Sutton's played well. Yeah. And I think you're going to get Mosley back, hopefully, this week. Um, you know, and, and you know, we, we heard he was close. But all of a sudden now, you have a defense that can apply pressure on quarterbacks. You can apply pressure with just four guys. They didn't really bring any blitzes. And yeah. you've got a secondary that is – they're finding a way to cover guys downfield. Yeah, and you nailed it. I mean, the biggest key was – I talked to Aaron Glenn after the game sitting in the airport, and I asked – I said, how many times did you blitz tonight? And he was like, ah, four. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and most of them were on run plays, you know, where you try to get a good, well-timed first down blitz where you get a guy coming off the edge yeah. and disrupt the, the the timing of the handoff and, uh, you know, try to get some penetration. Um but that's that's the that that is the hundred percent the key is having four guys that can generate pressure uh, without sending more right mm-hmm. because we obviously know it, it I don't care who you are on defense you can't cover guys for five six seven seconds in this league and if you, you got, got seven guys that are dropping you're you're covering a lot of area yeah you're covering a lot of area with a lot of guys and that 
that's just to, especially the last two games being able to generate that pass rush and be that disruptive with sending four guys and look it's not all just on Hutchinson it's not just one guy that's going out there and getting yeah. you know four out of the five sacks or five out of the seven sacks I mean they're kind of spreading it around a little bit and I think the biggest thing man like there was something changed that Atlanta game right coach kind of there was kind of some uh, you know, accountability after the Seattle game about, hey, Hutchinson's getting double teamed, triple teamed. I mean, he's getting hit from the back on his way out. Look across the line. You other guys, you got, you got one-on-ones and nobody's winning them, right? And we saw some personnel changes in that Atlanta game. First third down, you got Derek Barnes, a linebacker, lining up his defensive end. Yeah. And that kind of sending a message to the rest of the guys, hey, if you, don't, if you, if you can't get it done, I'm going to find somebody that can. Ever since that – it's kind of like the switch has gone off. The guys are starting to understand the urgency a little bit. They're starting to understand, I got to find a way to win one-on-ones. Uh, John Kaminsky was a guy last week who had kind of a underrated game. Um, I know, I think he finished with maybe the, I think they gave him the half a sack there yeah. towards the end of the game. Hutchinson kind of got after love and then Kaminsky finished him up. Um, but he had some hellacious rushes on the middle of that defense, bull rushing, pushing the pocket, I mean, there was one play, he, he took a guard back probably 15 yards, and it was just, those are the type of things that good teams do. Those are the type of things that good defenses do. If you want to try to take away, you know, our our stud in Aiden Hutchinson, we got three other dudes that can beat your ass one-on-one too. And that's something that they've done it two, two games in a row now, and that's going to be their calling card. It has to be their calling card moving forward. And I think anytime, you know, the challenge, obviously as a player, John, is being consistent with it, right? Teams are going to start to adjust, uh, you know, how they want to attack you. Um, but if you're the Lions, you can play consistent defense like that. And I'll tell you one last thing, too. Good to see a guy like Jerry Jacobs go out there and have a couple yeah. takeaways. I mean, I know he had that Seattle game where he was kind of getting piled on there a little bit, right? I don't think much of that was, you know, a personnel issue more than it was schematically. That's Jerry's why I a, talk about the adjustments. Jer, yep, Jerry's the type of guy you got to get him up on the line, get him in somebody's face. He wants to play physical. He wants to get his hands on you. He can run with you. That Seattle game, I mean, he's they got him playing fifteen. Yet that's just not that's not who he is. Yeah. So they've kind of went back to what he's good at, and obviously uh, the two takeaways that he had. Great to see a player like that. Um, that's kind of you know been a little up and down to have that type of performance that can go a long way for his confidence and like you said with hopefully Mosley coming back and being healthy healthy that's just going to continue to rejuvenate uh, their defensive backfield but man that like they just the fire that they play you know what I mean like it is so it is pal- it's, pal- it's palpable man like you can feel it like it's just like holy shit this team flies around man they they look like a dog that hasn't eaten in two weeks you know what i mean they just look freaking hungry man and that's a testament to dan campbell that's a testament to the leaders on this team now big picture it's four games right coaches they always well i know it's 17 games now but coach you always break it down into quarters right still do first quarter of the season essentially over right we went three and one okay let's Keep doing the things we're doing well. Keep doing those. Still some things we got to clean up. Offensively, I still don't like some of the lulls that they hit there, you know, in the third quarter. I think it was last week. They only had two drives, but, you know, three play, three and out, and a six-play penalty, you know, punt. Like, you still have a couple drives there offensively that, you know, you got to continue to maximize. Um, but it's a new it's a new quarter, right? What you did the last four games doesn't matter. No, only thing that matters is what you do starting this week against Carolina because we all know there's no gimmies in this league. Man, there are no gimmies. Go ask Dallas 
when they went out to Arizona a couple weeks ago and got their ass beat, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, every single week there's something. Go ask Cincinnati. You know, thought they were going into Tennessee this last weekend and they got their ass beat twenty-seven to three, right? So uh, as long as they keep having the same mindset that they've had uh, throughout the first four games, man, this is going to be a this can be a fun team to continue to watch. So I mean, I'm with you that hey, you got to turn the page whether it's week to week or quarter to quarter, and they are three and one. Two of those three wins were in two of the toughest places to play in the NFL, at Arrowhead yep. and at Green Bay. Now, obviously, you played on both sides of that Green Bay and, and Detroit matchup. Coming out of this game, in the division, what type of statement did the Lions make by being able to go into Green Bay Thursday night primetime and handle the the Packers the way that they did? Well, massive. I think that they proved what type of team they are. And honestly, I think they kind of showed what team kind of team Green Bay, Green Bay is. is. You know, I think that you you go back and just rewatch the game. I mean, the physicality was it was a knockout. I mean, it was it wasn't a heavyweight matchup where, you know, we're throwing punches, they're throwing punch. It was pre- we pretty much just kept throwing haymakers haymakers at their ass and they had nothing. They were just kind of running around the ring. You know, the physicality on both sides uh, of the ball was extremely noticeable. And I think that they proved maybe I'm not, you know, trying to bash Green Bay. They looked like more of a finesse team. The Lions look like a team that's built to sustain that success, right? Running the ball, stopping the run. That That's something that when you come down to games in December and you come down to games in January, those are going to be the two biggest factors uh, on who keeps winning and who keeps, you know, moving on and who gives themselves a chance to go do something special. And they look like they're built to do that. Uh, but the statement, I mean, obviously we know what Chicago is, right? I think last yesterday, you know, Sunday was, you know, kind of one of those, oh, they're starting to figure it out. Oh, no, they nope, didn't figure they it out. No, <laughs> they kind of figured it out. No, nope, didn't figure it out. They're an 0 4 football team. Uh, we know what Chicago is. Minnesota, you know, they get their first win of the season. Uh, we kind of know what they are, too. You know, they're still a little bit of that finesse-type football team. They just want to throw the ball 40 times a game and and use Justin Jefferson. Um, I think they they made a statement on who the hell they are. You know, I think they made a statement uh, on their toughness. I think they made a statement on their physicality that we don't give a damn who we're playing. We don't care where it's at. Your house, our house, in the freaking parking lot, it doesn't matter. We're going to show up and punch you in the fucking mouth. And that's kind of the message that – I think resonated with me after the game and really throughout the weekend is this is a team when they play like that, we obviously saw it in Kansas city too, but you play like that, you can beat anybody in this damn league. And you know, that's, I think that's the message that's probably getting sent out to everybody else. So you started off with this. I want to make sure we pay it off in regards to where is Jared Goff right now? How many quarterbacks in this season through the first quarter of the season are better than Jared Goff? Is he a top five guy? Right now, I think he is. Yeah. And I think he's he's playing better than Jalen Hurts. He's playing better than Patrick Mahomes. Does that mean I think he's a better quarterback overall? No. But is he playing better than those guys? I think he is. Yeah. I think he's playing better than Patrick Mahomes, who all of a sudden this year kind of seems to have a little bit of a, a, a turnover issue going on and being a little reckless and careless with the football. Now, does he still make amazing plays? Yes, he does. But if you look at the total body of, of four games, um, I would absolutely say Jared Goff's playing as a top five guy. Now, we all know that it's been – he went that long streak without interception. It's been three games in a row now that he's turned the ball over. And, hey, you start playing with fire a little bit, you can get away with it against a, a Green Bay team. You can get away with it against a, you know Atlanta team when your defense is playing outstanding. You're going to run into some games, though, where that's going to be the difference 
is going to be, oh, we had the one turnover. We saw it against Seattle. That was the difference, right? Oh. <laughs> I mean, you, you, not only did you turn the ball over, it went back uh, for seven the other way. Uh, so he's those are some things he's got to continue to clean up. But I think, you know, guys that are playing better, I mean, Brock Purdy playing pretty damn good. Yeah. Do I think Brock Purdy's a better quarterback than Jared Goff? No, I don't. But is he playing better? Yeah. And a lot of that is the systems he's in. A lot of that is the team that's around him. And when you have Christian McCaffrey and, you know, you get one-on-ones on on the outside every single time, you know, but Brock Purdy's playing good football. Uh, Two was playing good football. I know they kind of, you know, dropped a egg over there against uh, Buffalo this past weekend, but, you know, he's a guy that's playing damn good football. Um, You know, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's playing good football. I mean, a couple – gosh, who else? I'm trying to – there's one – Josh Allen. I mean, he's a guy that's playing good football. Um, Josh Allen's kind of the same issue with Patrick Mahomes right now that I see that just gets still a little reckless with the football. Yeah. I mean, you know, they got a lot of talent around him that they can cover some of those up. But those might be the guys right now that I'm saying are playing better than Jared Goff. Um, but I think Jared's ahead of a lot of other quarterbacks. He's ahead of Kirk Cousins, okay. you know. He's ahead of uh, even like Geno Smith. I think he's ahead of. Is he ahead of Lamar Jackson? I think so. Now Lamar brings a different, at, you know, aspect yeah, with his legs. Style. But no, I think uh, I, I definitely think there's an argument to that Jared Goff throughout four games has has been a top five guy, no doubt. Now Absolutely. there's a chance this week that one guy will be available that wasn't last week. That is Jamison Williams. The NFL came out and said, hey. We're going to reduce that suspension to four. We've got some new rules. If if he had done the same thing with the new rules, he would have only been suspended two games. So yeah. instead of six, now it's four. And Emmanuel Mosley, there's a chance that he could come back. But I know he's been close with the ACL. I know he's had a hamstring as well. Um, if both of the, those guys are back and available, what do they add to this team? Right away, I don't think you're going to get much out of Jamison. Um, and look, I think a lot of it just come, we know this coaching staff, they go with reliable guys. They go with who they can trust. They go with guys that they know are going to go out there and, and get the job done for them. Right. I think it was a big part of why, you know, and I'm not trying to say anything negative about Gibbs, but that was probably a big part of why we saw Dave Montgomery get 32 carries against, uh, green Bay. The coaches know he's going to go out there. He's going to get the job done when it comes to fourth quarter. You know, those two, three-yard gains are going to start turning into six, seven, eight, and you're just going to start wearing teams down, and that's our reliable guy right now, right? Saw the same thing last year with Jamal Williams and DeAndre yeah. Swift. I mean, Jamal Williams was – he proved to be the more reliable guy, right, and he got rewarded by that. Um, so, Jay, you know, Jamison Williams, I'm not saying he's an unreliable guy, but you're not just going to come back after missing four games and just say, oh, yep, here you go, here's your spot back. Um, now, look, if he was – clear-cut number one guy to finish the season last year and you say okay we get our stud receiver back yes I could see you jumping back in and being that guy but that wasn't the case last year and they're all by all accounts we kind of heard throughout training camp camp. you know he's still kind of working his way man he's still trying to build the chemistry right he's still trying to find a way to to keep improving so I would be I mean if he does play this week I wouldn't see it more than anything than probably 10 12 snaps and just going back to last year, I mean, when he came off the injury and he started playing, you know, he would go in and we want to see you run block, man. If you want to play in this offense, you got to block. And Jamison even said something along those lines in training camp, you know, where no block, no rock. I think yeah. Ben Johnson told him was was the line. So I, I would I would see them trying to get him involved a little bit just to get his legs back under him. But I wouldn't expect to see him 
go catch five passes for 100 yeah. yards, you know. Um, now, eventually, in two, three weeks from now, if he gets his legs back and if he can prove to the coaching staff that he's a reliable guy, it changes – it gives you a new dimension. It doesn't change your offense, but it gives you a new dimension. It gives you something you've been missing yeah. uh, the first four games, quite honestly, which is a deep threat, which is a guy that can take the top off of defenses and, and back safeties out of the box a little bit. And we all know that's going to open up the run game. Um, so hopefully that's that's best case scenario. A couple of weeks away, we see him start to develop into that type of guy. Uh, and with Mosley, look, I mean, you're going to have a good problem back there in the secondary. You're going to have to figure out where you want to put these guys, right? Because right now it's kind of been, you know, we know we've got Sutton. He kind of seems to be your number one guy. We're going to match him up with who, whoever we feel like, or we're going to put him either on one side to shut down, or we're going to match him up one-on-one with your number one guy. And he's been playing outstanding. But it's been Jerry Jacobs on the other side, right? Does Mosley go back to the outside? Does Mosley go to the inside? Can you be a little bit more flexible with what you want to do with a guy like Brian Branch, who's been playing mostly in the slot? Um, I think it's it's a good problem to have. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you've got more, it. More good players is always better. Yeah, and you can you can with Aaron Glenn, you can find a way to be creative with how you want to use these guys. We don't know if Brian Branch is playing safety. We don't know if Brian Branch is playing. The, the slot nickel. We don't know if Brian Branch is, you know, playing a dime linebacker position. You know what I mean? Like it gives you a different dimension defensively to miss, to just work on your uh, personnel to find a way to get mismatches and try to find a way to continue to put these guys in good positions to make plays on the football. Um, so hopefully Mosley can be what he was in San Francisco, which was a damn good physical pit bull style of corner, you know, brings that uh, dimension back to your team. Kind of very similar to, what CJ was going to be for this defense, just kind of that, 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 that just little nasty little dude that just won't go away. You know, it's just always around the football. Um, so I'm excited. Hopefully they get him back this week because I know, you know, they were all excited when they got him on, you know, on, on the team and uh, his ability. And that's, man, it's exciting though. Right. It, it just is. is like, you just look at the potential. You look at, you look at the way they've been playing the last couple of games. Plus you look at the potential of where, where they can still go. And it's just like, man, like, this is, I'll tell you what though, John, there's been one, probably one part of each game where you look at and you say, is this who we are? Like, or are we yeah. just, you know, is just, just our day, right? Or is the other team just having a bad day? Like, what are we? I think I'm pretty confident after four weeks to say at minimum, we got a damn good football team. We got a tough ass football team. And anytime you play like that in the NFL, man, you got, you're always going to have a chance to win games. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it as well. Um, stay tuned because later in the week, we're going to give you a little preview for the Carolina game. Carolina's coming to town, and I'm sure it's going to be a bit of a pride issue uh, because of the yardage they gave up on the ground down at Carolina at the end of last year. That loss pretty much kicked them out of the playoffs. But we're going to also give you some updates on some injuries. Will Emmanuel Mosley be available? Will Taylor Decker be available? All of these guys will give you the up-to-date information uh, as soon as we get it. We'll relay it to you. And I know TJ is going to be down in Allen Park, so he'll let us in on uh, anything that uh, that he knows about going on down there. So make sure you stay tuned uh, all week long uh, and all season long for Necessary Roughness.